Good evening. Reading tonight will be out of Luke 1, verses 68 through 79. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, his servant. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from old, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy toward our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to Abraham our father to grant us that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give to his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise from on high will visit us, to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Well, good evening, Merry Christmas, and blessed Advent, IBC family, and all of you who are visiting with us this glorious Christmas Eve season. Welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Um, I don't know about you, but I find it a great honor and a great privilege to worship King Jesus together with you. I pray that that is your heart's desire as well, and if it hasn't been up to this point, I pray that your heart takes a, a change in course. And that uh, you leave here going, wow, I feel blessed and encouraged deep down in my soul. You know, if you've been with us these past four weeks, you already know that we've been celebrating an Advent season together as a church family. And you know by now that this Advent season is really a a season of expectant waiting. Not just waiting uh, of Christ's coming that took place 2,000 years ago, but also a waiting of his promised return that will occur one day in which Christ completes God's ultimate work of redemption. You also know by now, if you've been with us these past four weeks, that our theme of Advent celebration has been God with us. You see the signs up here behind me, Emmanuel. That's what it means. The, the, The gospel writer Matthew actually says this. He says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so each week of Advent, we have focused on different aspects of God's character, aspects that are brought into our world and and into our lives through Jesus Christ. And if you kids are a part of the IBC Kids ministry that we have here, you've actually gone through the same themes as well. And so we as an entire church family have been covering various aspects of God's character through Jesus Christ. If you have not been with us, Allow me to briefly summarize where we've come from so far. I want to retrace our steps and really so that we can appreciate more fully what it means that God is with us. First of all, we learn that God with us brings hope. God with us, Emmanuel, means that he brings hope. You might remember how Luke begins his gospel. We actually just had it read for us. He begins with an account of Jesus' birth through the priest Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. 
Now, Zechariah and Elizabeth were very, very, very old. Not like all of you necessarily, but they were definitely elderly uh, in age. And they unfortunately were a childless couple who received an angelic message that they will one day have a son. Talk about a shocking announcement, right? They've already given up hope on having a child, and all of a sudden, an angel appears to the priest, Zechariah, while he's fulfilling his priestly duties and says, Zechariah, you are going to have a son, and we know that son today as called John the Baptist. Now, this message to Zechariah was really a spark of hope because not only for a couple who had long desired to bear a child, all of a sudden, they're like, wait, this is going to happen? My, my wife is going to have the ability to do this? This is incredible. But Zechariah, being a priest of the Lord, also knew this was far deeper and far greater than just a, ch- a child. Because he knew that what was promised to them, this child that was promised, John the Baptist, who would prepare the way of the Lord, this signified something far greater on a redemptive plan. This, is, this starts way back in Genesis and is really going to be completed in Revelation. And so Zechariah knew, whoa, this is huge. God is on the move. Now we see hope kind of renewed once again. The promise of the Messiah that really provided the Jewish people with the deepest hope throughout their entire history was now coming. After all, ever since Adam and Eve rebelled against God and sin corrupted all of God's creation, God has been caring for His people and making a way to restore them and us to Himself. It's why, as we even heard from the very beginning, Isaiah, the prophet of God, saying this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of his greatness and of of the government and of a peace, there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now, other prophets other than Isaiah also spoke to this uh, in a very similar way, proclaiming that this Messiah was coming. He would come, and he was the ultimate hope of the world, not just to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. And now that Zechariah has received this angelic message from the angel, he's like, whoa, this is happening. Not just finally, it's happening in my lifetime, and I'm a significant part of this. This is incredible. Hope is alive in Israel again. Hope Hope on earth at its deepest level is alive again. Hope, brothers and sisters, is still alive today. I wonder, do you have this hope? Are you filled with this hope and promise? You know, whether your heart is light and merry as we sometimes try to portray to people. Or even more oftentimes, it may be that your spirit is deep in despair. Let me encourage you that God with us brings hope 
that sustains you through the darkest of days as you wait patiently for God to move in your life. God with us brings hope. But we also learn that God with us brings joy. Elizabeth, Zachariah's wife, personifies this kind of Christmas joy because of the miraculous gift of her son, John the Baptist. Now you remember the hardship that Elizabeth and her husband, Zachariah, endured, right? They had never been able to have children, and now they were too old to even have children, and the dreams have been dead. The dream of having a family is now gone. They've put it behind them. They've accepted their plot in life. They're moving forward. It's a great loss, and for Elizabeth, the stigma that she, bear, that she bore throughout her life was extremely heavy. Yes, they were well-respected among the people, but at the same time, there was kind of this stigma that followed them. Oh, they're a great couple, but man, I don't know. It seems like that God blesses people through the means of having children. She was not blessed by the ability to have children, so she must not be really favored by the Lord. Obviously, this had been very, very emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally devastating. And then when an angel appears to her husband and tells him that they would bear a son, and not just any son, but one who would prepare the way for the Messiah, joy was renewed once again. Not that she was a Debbie Downer necessarily, but she was actually one going, whoa, this is actually happening to me. God has granted me favor in this way. This is incredible. You know, brothers and sisters, let me just say this. Christmas is definitely a season of joy, right? One of my daughters is saying, I just can't wait for Christmas. When is it? It's less than an hour than when you asked before. It's coming, trust me, it's coming. I mean, Christmas is marked by joy. And it's not just because presents are sitting under your tree, perhaps. It's not just because you get some days off. It's not just because you are reunited with family. It's not just because some wives have collaborated together to get some matching shirts. You'll notice this theme running around the sanctuary. Yes. It's because Jesus has come. Joy is available to us because Jesus has come. God offers us a divine joy that is rooted in our Savior who has come and who has lived and who has died and lives again and who will return one day to complete his ultimate work of redemption. Listen to the words of Jesus in the Gospel of John. Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Jesus openly, boldly says, I want you to be happy. I want you to be full of joy. I'm not, the, religion is not about, man, you know, it's going to get better the next life, but this life is going to be terrible. No, that's not what Jesus came and promised. He says, I want you to have the fullest, most joy-filled life right now. That's what he promises. That's what he makes available to us. And we realize that that joy ultimately is experienced when we are filled with the presence of Jesus Christ. God with us brings hope. God with us brings joy. But we also learn thirdly that God with us brings love. You recall the definition that Pastor Mike 
shared with us a couple of weeks ago. He recalled a definition of godly love or godly agape for us when he says love is a sacrificial, God-empowered, demonstrated commitment to an imperfect person to do everything within the power that God gives you to advance the cause of Christ in that person's life to the glory of God. That's agape love. That's a divine love. And that is how God has loved us and continues to love us this day. You know, the Bible tells us that God doesn't just have the ability to show love. God is love. He's the very definition of love. He's the embodiment of love. The Bible tells us that God gave his love to us freely. We heard it this mo- uh, at the beginning of the service. For God so loved the world. How much? That he gave his only son. That whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God, John, the gospel writer, also writes in one of his letters, In this is love. In this is agape. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation? What in the world is that? It means to be atoned for. It is a sacrifice that was pleasing. He was the pleasing sacrifice so that we could live. He took our guilt. We took his innocence. You see, this love, this agape, was a love that reconciled us to God. It was a love that unites us together. It is a love that entered the world as a helpless human baby to identify with us, to become one with us, and to willingly lay down his life for us and be killed under unimaginable burden of sins of the world. Why? So that you and I could be reunited in right relationship with God the Father. That's why he did it. I wonder, have you received God's love for you? I wonder if you have been filled with this kind of love and experienced this kind of love. I want to tell you that this kind of love is unlimited. There's no degree, there's no way in which God comes to a limit. He loves to love you. He's eager for you to receive his agape for you. God with us brings hope. God with us brings joy. God with us brings love. And fourth and finally, God with us brings peace. Glory to God in the highest, the angels say, and on earth peace to those to whom his favor rests. The kind of peace that these angels spoke of is what the Hebrews call shalom. More than just the absence of conflict, shalom describes a a fullness of safety and completeness and wholeness. This is a peace of restoration with God. It is the peace that settles deep within our souls. It is a calm acceptance that it is well with my soul no matter what storms might surround me. It is a peace that holds us even when the circumstances swirling around us, are, uh, we, we might call those not-so-silent nights. 
It is a peace that Jesus promises in John 14 when he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Therefore, do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Because God is with us, his peace is available to us. And this is the peace of Christ and the wholeness of shalom that we celebrate with the arrival of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. The Prince of Peace has come, and may he rule in your hearts. And that brings us to the center of it all. God with us is ultimately Jesus. You see, Jesus is the fulfillment of all hope. Jesus is the source of joy. Jesus is the embodiment of love. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is our life. Jesus tells us that the thief comes, the enemy comes to steal and to kill and to destroy you. But Jesus says, but I've come to give you life and to experience it abundantly. As Jesus goes on to say a few chapters later, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so as we arrive at Christmas, another Christmas once again, my encouragement to all of us is that we would open our hearts to him in worship. I pray that we would receive this hope and joy and love and peace and ultimately that we would receive his life. I pray that we would be like those shepherds long ago. I pray that we would be eager to go to our Savior and to worship. And let us return glorifying and praising God because He is the only one who is worthy of our praise.